Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. It is officially Pro Day at Mississippi State today, and I am recording this in the wee hours of the morning. 
And uh, so I'm going to record this fresh after the uh, the baseball game. Just got done posting all our content. Got home, uh, knocked out a few tacos, and uh, going to talk some baseball with you guys. And then we'll kind of preview pro day. That's a big day because there's, there's a lot of guys that are working out. That you you know the names. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everybody kind of knows who Jeff Simmons and Montez Sweat are. Jeff did not participate in NFL Combine, was not invited to, and then he tears his ACL. So this pro day was going to be big for him. He will work out and do measurables and do some benching. He will not do any physical exercise. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But you know those other guys. You know Montez Sweat. But there's going to be a lot of other guys, a lot of other Bulldogs that are going to use this day, hopefully, as a platform to elevate their stock in the eyes of pro scouts, guys like Eris Williams. Uh, so we'll go through the full list and kind of tell you what to expect. And uh, we'll have full coverage of Pro Day all afternoon. There, there may be some former uh, Mississippi State players that are currently in the NFL that come back and to assist with this event. There generally are. I don't expect Dak to be one of them, but, you know, Preston Smith was there last year. Uh, we had a few guys there. And uh, so we'll look to interview those guys, too, and kind of get an update and let you guys know kind of what's going on in their lives. But uh, look for that on Gene's page. Majority of that will be free today. Majority of that will be free coverage. There will be some things, obviously, that we uh, save for members, but there will be some some VIP stuff out there as well as some, some free stuff. And so be sure to check back. We will get reaction from players as uh, quickly as we can and have that out to you and available uh, as soon as possible. I want to thank our fine sponsors, Campus Bookmart, uh, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew at Campus Bookmart will treat you like family because you are family. It's just that simple. When you go in, it's just it's a place where everybody knows who you are. They know why you're there. That downstairs area, and I've had so many people that have said, you know what, Steve, I didn't, I had never been to Campus Bookmart until you started talking about them. I had a good friend told me just the other day they have made the switch and they are with Campus Bookmart. Now, now, religiously, said so they had never gone down there and seen a selection of Mississippi State memorabilia and merchandising down there. They are now fully on board with Campus Bookmark. That's music to my ears because it means that uh, their sponsorship is working. And so please go by and see them. And if you can't make it to town, you will not find a better selection of merchandise when it comes to the maroon and white than you'll find on the Campus Bookmark website. Go to campusbookmark.net. And by being a loyal Barnyard listener, we'll give you a promo code to save you a little cash. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and get free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Now, let's get into uh, baseball. Mississippi State uh, knocks off Mississippi Valley State. And, uh, you know, listen, I never had any doubt that State was going to win the game going away because uh, – it's just one of those things. Once you get into the bullpen, especially in the midweek, you're, you're going to start tearing people up, and that's exactly what happened. State wins the ball game, 18 to five. Uh, a few things I want to get into. The first thing that I want to share, and uh, and I, I don't I don't want to sound you know you know sarcastic or smarmy or anything, but some, folks, some of us need to hand the phone to somebody else early in ball games. Because some of you are embarrassing yourself on social media. There are nine innings in a baseball game. As long as we are winning when the ninth one is over, what happened early on really not as important. Now, we're going to dissect some of the things that went wrong on Tuesday. But understand, baseball is a long game. It's not one of those deals where, you know, hey, whoever scores first wins. And then whoever has a big lead at the half can coast in the second. 
as you guys saw on Sunday, Auburn jumps up 11 to 4 on Mississippi State and then loses the ball game 20 to 15. This is a team that is going to do whatever is necessary to win games, okay? So Eric Sarantola back-to-back bad bad starts. Now we ask Chris Lamontis in the post game, Chris, what's going on with Eric? And uh, he goes, you know, he's just not trusting his stuff. And uh, says that Coach Vacall shared in, in the after the bullpen that he uh, was electric in the bullpen. The stuff looked great. He gets out there. These kind of things are going to happen with freshmen from time to time, especially after last time he had a bad outing. You know he was probably a little bit jacked up, coming in, kind of keyed up, eager to, to show again that he was back. He did not have a good outing. Walks the first guy he sees on four pitches, and then he hits a guy, and the next thing you know, we're off to the races. Then he only goes one-third of an inning, and uh, we have to pull him, and we go with Peyton Plumley, who's usually usually the Wednesday night guy. We're only playing one midweek game per week the rest of the way. Until we get to that last week, of course, we won't play one at all. But Sarantola goes one-third of an inning, gets charged with three runs, does not allow a hit, everything absolutely self-inflicted right and the thing about that is is that can be corrected you know it's not like when you throw the baby out with the bathwater and say oh you know this guy's going to be a bum eric sarantola is going to be a weekend starter at mississippi state his stuff is absolutely electric he jumped out got a three and zero start to his campaign had a rough outing last time had a rough outing this time we're not going to give up on him the players believe in him it's really just something he's working through mentally and he'll get there it's going to be fine Peyton Plumley comes in. We probably extended him a little longer than we wanted to, and Lamontis kind of said the same thing. He ends up going uh, three and two-thirds innings. He gets you through the fourth. He also had some issues there with control. He did strike out five, but he walked three. Some of that, too, is we had to kind of rush him out there because nobody expected to have to get a guy up in the first inning. We thought for sure Eric would get us three or four innings. And then Peyton Plumley goes rushing down to the bullpen, and, and he probably only had... 10, 15 throws to get loose. And so he really had to get loose on the mound. And so it took a little while. And he did kind of settle in there, but he did give up a couple runs. And uh, they tie the game at five. It, uh, it's crazy. They get up 3 nothing. State gets one back in the second on a solo home run from Justin Foscue. Foscue now seven home runs, leads the team in home runs. Uh, that's a guy, too. You miss you miss with a fastball in or half, he's going to be walking around the bases. That, that, that kid is deadly. Uh, four runs for State in the third inning. And then we, they get two back and tie us. Valley, very opportunistic and very, you know, they were a little bit cagey out there at times. I mean, you know, they didn't show State a lot of respect. And I don't blame them. you got the number two team in the, in the country on the ropes a little bit. You're, you know, you're going to try to, to get guys on base, and you're going to score any way you can. They run two double steals in the inning, and both of them work. That's what's crazy. They start to run it from second, and then the guy at third's already got an extended lead, and then they run a delayed steal as the ball goes down, and they take home. That happened twice in the inning. One of the things that I'll share with you about that, and this happened last week, and, and I meant to ask Coach Lamonis about it, and I, and I will at a later date. You start Sarantola, a freshman, with Hayden Jones behind the plate as a freshman. I don't know if that's the best of combinations. And, and, again, I hate to second-guess the coach because I think Chris has done a great job. Very, very happy with Coach Lamonis. Very happy with the way he's managed our club. Uh, no complaints at all about Coach Lamonis. I'm just curious about the setup there because when you've got a young pitcher out there, especially a guy that struggled last time, 
I think it might might be a better opportunity, and maybe you want to give Dustin Skelton a day off, but maybe give him Marshall Gilbert. Give him a guy that can kind of lead him and guide him and, and kind of get some strikes for him because Hayden Jones, who I think is going to be a very, very talented player from Mississippi State, he's the catcher of the future. You know, that's a guy right there that I don't know. While he's kind of figuring this thing out on the college level, I don't know that he can get you that strike just yet. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that he has learned the game enough, the nuances of the college game to be able to get that. So it's an interesting deal. And I think that is a little bit of an issue. And, and that's something I'm sure will be corrected. But again, we have this situation with the stolen bases. And uh, you better believe there will be other teams that look at that and say, you know what, when that kid's in the game, we're going to give it a shot. I don't know if that happens if Dustin Skelton's in the game. I, I really don't. I have been a Dustin Skelton fan from the beginning. I know many of you now are on the bandwagon with me, and trust me, we'll make room because I think this guy is going to be a big-time player for State. Listen, he's not Ed Easley. That's not who he is. But he is a competitive guy that last year said, after he had that big regional, he said, listen, we're, we're going to go win the national championship. We're not just looking to go to Vanderbilt and play it close. We're not just thinking about getting to Omaha. We're, we want to go to Omaha and win the national championship. I want guys like that on my team. And, of course, Skelton comes in as a substitution late and gets a couple runs for us and uh, does some big things. But, you know, it's one of those things where there's so much more to it than just swinging the bat, catching baseball. you got to learn to manage pitchers, and it's taken a little while to do that. But Dustin Skelton is our catcher. And uh, there was some concern last year. And, listen, there were some times that he would kind of stab at the baseball and wouldn't get his body in front. As a result, you had some pass balls. Much better about that this year. Much, much better. Really committed himself. And it shows. Uh, but Mississippi State obviously uh, comes back and takes a huge lead. In the, in, the, in the fifth, you come back and you get a couple runs there. And then next thing you know, it's Katie bar the door. Uh, State gets three in the seventh, eight in the eighth, and really re- kind of removes all doubt. Uh, Westberg hits a two-run bomb, uh, a three-run bomb, pardon me. That's his fourth. He now leads the team in RBIs with 29, just past Tanner Allen. You remember Tanner Allen had 13 that first weekend. But uh, Westberg, over the course of the last week or so, hitting right at 500. The only guy hitting better is Jake Mangum, who had two hits. Now, Jake's situation's a little different. Jake... 323 now, 323. Good chance that he will surpass Travis Chapman, who is at 327, and Richard Lee at 328. Good chance that he gets those guys this weekend in that three-game set against LSU. Now, I don't want to jinx him, but you know, it's just a couple hits of ball game. That would make him second all-time in Mississippi State history behind only Jeffrey Ray, who's at 335. And so, barring anything unforeseen, as long as Jake stays healthy and hot, there is uh, little doubt that he will take over the Mississippi State lead. Now, the SEC record is 352. Jake moved into the top 10 in SEC history uh, on Tuesday night. He's now within the top 10. He's in striking distance of Eddie Furness. Eddie Furness got 352. Now, I want to share with you guys a couple things, too. And I think I touched on this on Monday's show, and I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody. But you know, back in uh, you know back in the Gorilla Ball days, there were a lot of things in college baseball that didn't need to be there, and uh, there are a lot of these records that I think, for the sanctity of the game, need to fall. This is one of them, and that's not being disrespectful to Dr. Eddie Furness. And I understand he's done a great, a lot of good in his life. But I, it's kind of like you, know, you listen. I, I 
the strike season for Major League Baseball kind of lost me. I have always loved the college game more, but I used to be such a Major League Baseball freak. I mean, I, you know, I've got you know, much to my wife's dismay. I, I have hundreds and hundreds of uh, baseball card collections around this house. I, hadn't, I haven't bought anything in years, and uh, as I sit here and talk to you guys now, I'm looking directly at Bobby Thigpen's uh, rookie card, his Topps rookie card, and I've got a 1972 Roberto Clemente uh, looking at me, as well as a Jeff Brantley uh, rookie card from Upper Deck. You know, I've got all that stuff around me, and so I loved the pro game for so long, but there was that whole era. Listen, we, we got all excited with Sammy Sosa and McGuire and Bonds and all the – you know, the chase for Roger Maris's records. And then, you know, we all kind of look back on that and say, you know what, it, it kind of cheapened the game. And when I look at that whole era of baseball, and yes, that's a, that's an era in which LSU thrived, and you, you guys know how jealous I am of LSU baseball because they took what we did and took it to the next level. And, I yes, I'm envious of that. But much of their success came at a time when college baseball truly wasn't college baseball. It wasn't true baseball. They're, they're, they're swinging drop five bats. And for those of you that don't know what that means, today you swing a drop three. And so what that means is the weight of the bat cannot be more than three ounces less than the length of the bat. So if you're swinging a 33-inch bat, it can't be lighter than 30 ounces. And so because you could swing a drop five back in those days, you're swinging a lighter bat, you're generating more bat speed, not to mention you had the BESR bats. Now we're swinging BB core bats, which are a little deader. You had that big trampoline effect with BESR bats. You know, remember the Eastern Reflex Gold? That was kind of the first ones. That's it was, Warren Morris hit his uh, iconic home run with that bat, the Eastern Reflex Gold, and everybody had to have one. And then once that happened, the, the, the whole industry about baseball bats changed. And so I've always looked at all of that with the, you know, Maybe some haterism in the game, but I'll tell you, I've always just felt that real skeptical about all that. I think a lot of those records, they need to fall for the sanctity of the game. You look at Jake Mangum and the fact that uh, he is so not from the gorilla ball era, just not who he is. And so I believe in many respects by, by Jake winning, the, you know, kind of eclipsing that mark, uh, I think it's big. I think it's big for the game. It's big for the SEC. And again, not to be disrespectful to anybody, I just think that whole era of baseball almost should have an asterisk next to it. It just should. And, and that's my opinion. And uh, you can disagree. Feel free to disagree. But uh, it's not. I'm not just rooting for Jake, for Jake or for Mississippi State, but I'm rooting for Jake for college baseball. That's just really how I feel about it. That's as honest as I can be about it. So... Uh, as we kind of move into this weekend, this LSU series is really, really big for a lot of reasons. And uh, I want to get into some of that uh, before we get it too deep into the show. Uh, LSU loses a Tuesday night game to McNeese State at LSU. Let that sink in for a second. Okay, so let's, let's go back a week. Okay, State's on the road at Samford. State had beaten Arkansas Little Rock. On Wednesday, we head over to Samford. State has to come from behind. LSU needed extra innings to beat Nickel State. Now, listen, State lost to Nickel State last year. Okay, we split with them. We won here and we lost there. Right? We lost to McNeese State, too, on the road at McNeese State. I remember we had the, uh, you know, the, the, the road never stops road trip. We started at the beginning of the year and we were on the road for a month. 
And so it's part of that road trip we lost. Well, LSU hosted McNeese State tonight, and they lose 2-0. LSU managed four hits. Over the weekend, LSU drops two of three to Georgia. So they've lost three of the last five, and uh, one of those was an extra inning affair that they won uh, against Nickel State. And so they are coming in here kind of as a wounded animal. And so people say, well, I hate they lost it. They'll come in mad. Listen, it doesn't matter if bad teams come in mad. What concerns me is uh, LSU always seems to find a way to elevate their game because they get it, okay, while some other people in this conference don't. Uh, people at LSU understand how big the Mississippi State Series is. It hadn't always been the way we wanted it to go. But, uh, you know, it was a big deal for them a couple of years ago to come in here and win that last series in Dirty Noble Field. And that that's something they take a lot of pride in. They will come in here in this environment, and they will look to be spoilers. And so we're going to have to be a top of our game. They've got a lot of left-handers in the lineup, a ton of left-handers in the lineup. Uh, I expect Ethan Small to have a big a big day. We know what to expect from JT again, but it's going to be a little different deal. This is going to be one of the best offensive lineups that he sees. Even though they've struggled, they are capable of doing some big things. So we can't overlook any of that. Now, one of the things that you'll find interesting is after the loss to Nickel State, I mean, pardon me, to McNeese State, get my directional schools mixed up, Palmineri did not address his team on the field. There's usually like that post-game Palmineri just got his stuff and went went to the dugout, went into the clubhouse. And uh, LSU players had a players-only meeting on the field. Uh, and that's one of those things that I have learned. If you're having a bunch of players-only meetings, then you're not having a good year. So they will look to regroup. They will actually travel to Starkville on Wednesday. And uh, they'll check in and they'll have an uh, opportunity to you know have the full use of the facilities and be able to hit the baseball and and kind of take it all in. Then we'll have a primetime Thursday night game and a Friday night game and then a Saturday afternoon matinee. So uh, three big ball games, and uh, we need to win all three of them. Now, when when this season first began, I said, man, if we could just win that series, that would be big. Considering that I feel like that we've kind of let a couple games slip away from us, we've got to make up a game somewhere. This is a good chance to do it. It's a really good chance to do it. And we need huge crowds. We don't just need a big crowd. We need a huge crowd. There's not a lot of our fans going to Portland, Oregon for the ladies, okay? So turn out to Dirty Noble Field. It's going to be a festive atmosphere. I know Thursday night may be a little difficult. Come Friday, spend the night Friday, and come back Saturday. Let's have a big, big, big weekend. Huge weekend. The, the Bulldogs need you to be there, okay? It's as simple as that. So I mentioned the uh, the McNeese State loss for LSU, kind of looking around. Uh, and, and before I do that, Bulldog Burger Company is absolutely the place to go break bread in Stark Vegas. There is not a better place to bring your family and just have a great restaurant-quality hamburger. Sometimes in life you have to treat yourself. And one of the best ways you can treat yourself is to go to Bulldog Burger Company and sit down and find your own new favorites. Because, listen, you can get a hamburger almost anywhere. You can't get a Bulldog Burger anywhere. They are Mississippi State people. These people are invested in your community. They're invested in Mississippi State. So when you go to Bulldog Burger Company, you're not just having a meal. You're making a reinvestment in your program, in your city, in your community. Bulldog Burger Company is, uh, without a doubt, the Robertson family restaurant of choice. Anytime the wife says, hey, kids, let's go to eat. Where do you want to go? It's Bulldog Burger almost unanimously. And and I can't tell you how many times in our family group text I get a message, hey, who's trying to go to Bulldog Burger Company? Well, that's us. So 
join us. Find your own favorites. Go enjoy the Angry Bird salad. You don't just have to get a hamburger. You can have chicken wings. You can have the fried pickles. You can have the, the, a grilled cheese sandwich. You can have any number of things. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Stark where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So, it was an interesting midweek in college baseball. Let's look in the top 25. Uh, number number 25, Illinois. They drop a ball game 3-1 to one to Indiana State. Interesting, right? Uh, some other big wins out there for other people, but some other upsets. UNC Wilmington, and and listen, the Skyhawks have been in a tournament more than once. They they take down Coastal Carolina five to four. Florida takes down Florida State four to two. Uh, North Carolina knocks off Campbell. North Carolina, a lot of people think they're going to win the ACC. That, that, that they're a good ball, a good ball team. NC State may have a little something to say about it. NC State knocks off Elon twenty one to two. Uh, Ole Miss survives Memphis nine to six. Uh, Memphis rallied late, had the time to run in the plate. Memphis is almost able to hang on. Alabama, unranked Alabama, takes down Auburn six to three. Auburn uh, now have lost three of four. Georgia Tech absolutely shelled Georgia eleven to two in a rain-shortened game of seven innings. Oklahoma State six five winners against Oklahoma. Arkansas knocks off Missouri State eight to two. A and M number ten, they knock off Lamar ten seven. Vanderbilt fifteen one winners over Lipscomb. Another big upset, Portland. Portland takes down Oregon State 5-1. Incarnate Word, one of the top-hitting teams in the country. I don't know if you knew that. Incarnate Word, they play in San Antonio, Texas at Wolf Stadium. They beat number 13, Texas, uh, 3-2. Another team that you guys I know are watching very closely is number one, UCLA. They take down Loyola Marymount 9-4. So an interesting night, to say the least. And... uh, let me check a couple of these SEC scores for you. I know that uh, East Tennessee State uh, of the SOCON, they will compete with Samford to win that conference championship. Uh, they take down Tennessee last night 6-5. to five. Kentucky picks up a 7-0 win over Moorhead State. North Carolina A&T, guess what? They take down South Carolina 2 to nothing. South Carolina has kind of flirted around the end of the top 25. That deal may be spiraling towards a coaching change. State will get them the last week in the regular season. Uh, that's looking more and more like a chance for State to kind of make up some ground in the SEC race. Uh, Missouri, 12-inning winners over Texas San Antonio at 12-11. You guys know my feelings about Missouri. Not a very good team at all. Wish State had them on a schedule. That's one of the things about this SEC race that's kind of interesting for Mississippi State is we do not get the benefit of playing Missouri and Kentucky. Now, we avoid playing Vanderbilt, but because we don't play them head-to-head, I think that's an advantage for them too. But they they will play Missouri. They will play Kentucky. We won't play them. And so we're probably going to have to be a game or two better than Vanderbilt because their schedule uh, is much more favorable within the league. And so that's something you have to consider. You know, State's not going to have an opportunity to get fat against the inferior teams in this league. Just about everybody we're going to play is going to be in contention uh, for an NCAA regional. By the time we get to South Carolina, there's no no telling what kind of condition they'll be in. But uh, you can't assume anything there. State's going to have to play uh, some big-time teams down the stretch. So uh, that's a big part of things as we kind of prepare uh, for this big weekend. We have to find a way to make up a game or two along the way to give us a little cushion because right now we're a game back in the standings. The leaders are at 5-1, and one, we're at 4-2. and two. Uh, It's very, very early, obviously. A lot of baseball left to be played, but uh, we can't afford to miss the opportunity to sweep again. And when we have an opportunity to win those first couple ball games, we got to go out there and close on Sundays. And so, as uh, Coach Chris Lamont has said in postgame tonight, that uh, our pitching plans for game three are unsettled. 
know Keegan James has been the uh, Game 3 starter the last couple of outings. He's been a little bit shaky. Uh, Keegan James has some good stuff. One, I really think Keegan's issue is kind of battling through adversity. I think, see, I think he has... I think he has SEC stuff. He has an SEC breaking ball. He has SEC competitiveness. But I think at times when things kind of begin, like say for an example, we make an error behind him. I think he tends to put a little more pressure on himself, thinking I got to make the perfect pitch or I got to strike this guy out. Uh, he will work through that. But uh, Lamontis did mention that hey, we don't know what we're going to do on the, for Game Three. We know that Ethan Small will start Thursday. We know JT will start on Friday. And then we'll see what happens. It depends on who's available. And I believe that they probably wanted to save Peyton Plumlee uh, for long relief in that ball game. But now you've thrown him almost four innings in a midweek game. And so I don't know what his availability will be. We feel like that he could probably throw an inning or two. I would I would say just about everybody will be available this weekend. He did say the only people that were not potential starters uh, for game three were Cole Gordon Ethan Small and JT Gann. He goes, everything else is on the table. Now, considering all the left-handers that LSU has in lineup, I don't know if you don't start Tristan uh, Barlow maybe as an opener. You know, just somebody that can get you through the order once, maybe one and a half, possibly two times, get you three or four innings, and then get into your bullpen and then kind of mix and match the rest of the way. So that's something that we'll see. Now, on in the Tuesday night game against Mississippi Valley, uh, Jack Egan was outstanding. He goes two innings. See six hitters, strikes out all six of them. Just an outstanding effort. Showed a lot of confidence throwing his curveball for a strike. And and listen, yes, it's Mississippi Valley. But anytime that you have a young guy can go out there and, and post numbers like that at, at any level against any opponent, uh, it's very encouraging. And it's a conference builder for him. We could see him throwing in or two this weekend as well. And uh, so a lot of things going on right now, a lot of moving pieces. But it's like Lamonis is not oblivious to the fact that we have to be more consistent on Sundays. And here's the deal. Everybody in college baseball is looking for that third starter and looking for somebody to, to kind of catch fire in the bottom third of the order. State's kind of got the offensive piece kind of figured out. Just so you guys know, for those of you that missed it, Rowdy Jordan, a guy that many of our fans wanted to bench a week ago, four for five last night. Four for five. It's been outstanding. Ever ever since he put the eye black on, he's been outstanding. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. But you're getting production out of Gunner, Halter. You're getting production out of Dustin Skelton. Uh, and so that whole bottom half of the order, where in years past, we just kind of had to white knuckle it and you know, hope we could get a walk here or scratch out a single there and, and then turn the order over and hopefully Jake could extend the inning for us and, uh, and, and, and you know, bring up the, the heart of the order. That's not happening. There's a lot of times now Jake is coming up in RBI situations because you get guys on in front of him, and he's facing guys that are in the stretch. It's a big part of things. Uh, so excited to see that happen. But, you know, we've got to find some consistency uh, with that third position. You've got to fit you – know, that's the thing, too, with Saren. You really had hoped Sarantola would take this midweek role and just run with it. You know, that that's because that gives you the ability to kind of keep Peyton Plumley there and, uh, you know, let's say Keegan can get you three, maybe four innings, and then Plumlee can get you three, three maybe four innings, and you turn it over to the bullpen, uh, and you feel feel good about where you stand. Now, Riley Self led Mississippi State in wins last year in relief. He was our kind of our long relief specialist. And, uh, you know, he had the shoulder injury. Uh, back They took care of that back in the fall. But his best velo that he's had all season came this past weekend against Auburn, his best outing of the year. You know, we, we got him back in the SEC mix 
uh, at Florida. He gives you a good inning there. gives you a couple of good innings against Auburn. Really kind of slowed the game down to give us a chance to get back in. So I suspect that we will see him again this weekend, uh, have an opportunity to come. And as the more that he recovers and gains some confidence in himself and, and being willing to kind of let that thing go. And because with hit that cut fastball, when that thing is – you know, screaming up there around 90, 91 miles an hour, it's almost impossible to hit. And then when you do hit it, you beat it in the ground. He gets under barrels. He is a guy that really commands the lower half of the zone. Uh, he doesn't elevate a whole lot. He's very difficult. That's what made that whole deal at Vanderbilt so odd because he just doesn't give you a whole lot. And so seeing him kind of round in the form is big. The Spencer Price had a big ninth inning for us. Now, other than him uh, hit, hitting the guy, just had a ball get away from him. Just one of them things that happens. Had a guy squared a bunt and ended up beer holding him. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that happens. But Spencer, I, I thought Spencer was really good last Wednesday and really good again this Tuesday. Uh, did not have a good outing on Sunday uh, against Auburn. And that's just part of the recovery process. You know, there have been times that he has been downright filthy. And uh, a guy that really kind of commands the lower half of his own, too. Gets a lot of good sink on his balls. This year he's elevated a little bit, but he's working back. And, he, and listen, the recovery process is a little different for everybody. Uh, so maybe, I know he's not where he wants to be, but he's so unbelievably competitive. When given the ball, he's going to go out there and give you what you have, what he has. And so a good – and listen, here's the deal. If his role is to go in there and get us an inning or two on, on midweek and save some arms for the weekend, uh, then he can do that. You know, that's, that's the thing. I, I don't know that he ends up being the closer for this team on the SEC weekend uh, this year. I don't know if that happens. But if he can go out there and work for you and become a, a reliable option for you at any point, uh, then that's big. And that's the thing, too, is if you start getting Riley back and you start getting Spencer back, you begin to think about how strong that bullpen is already. Um, you know, it's uh, it gives you some options for sure. So it's easy to get all caught up in all this and uh, and begin to think, okay, Things aren't as good as we'd hoped they'd be, guys. We are uh, 23 and three, if memory serves me correctly. Let me double check that because I don't, I don't like to be wrong about that because I don't want because because one of you guys will text me. Yeah, 23 and three. 23 and three, 18 runs. We scored 15 runs or more in three consecutive games. 15 runs or more, or 10 more. I think it's right. 15 runs or more in uh, four of the last six. You know, so we're scoring a lot of runs. So when you look at this LSU thing, we are going in at a much higher level of offensive proficiency. You know, Mississippi State did to Mississippi Valley State what you should do as an offense. It took, you know, it took us to get the order once because here's, you know, they bring out some left-hander. Yeah, he's giving you the best he's got. But that guy goes out there, he's throwing maybe 75, 76 miles an hour uh, left-hander. And so he gets everybody on their front foot. It takes a little while to adjust, and they finally get to him. But, uh Nicholas Johnson gave, gave Valley, you know, they kept him in the ball game, and uh, you know, again, they were tied with us uh, after four innings of play, and so there's some 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 big things that you can bring in from there if you're Valley. You can say, you know what, we we went toe to toe with the number one team, number two team in the country, uh, you know, and through the middle innings, it kind of got away from us. We run out of pitching. Nicholas Johnson goes four innings, allows just four hits, uh, five runs, three earns, and. Um, didn't strike out anybody. Matter of fact, State only struck out two times on the night. Uh, so, again, State's putting the ball in play. But uh, a lot of good things to feel about as we kind of move forward with this. Now, before we all get together again and uh, and play baseball, we're going to have Pro Day later today. And so here are your participants. 
Jonathan Abram, who uh, had an unbelievable NFL uh, combine week. You know, he, he didn't – he had that little shoulder issue, you know, so there were some things he didn't do at the Senior Bowl and that kind of stuff. But he had a – Jonathan is the hot name at safety. A lot of people now are still forecasting him to be a first-rounder. Uh, a lot of people – maybe you don't know this. Jonathan Abram graduated like first or second in his high school class. Very, very intelligent guy from my hometown. Went to East Marion High School. Uh, it's interesting how it all kind of shakes up. You know, Colby White from West Marion, Jonathan Abram from East Marion, Logan Cook from Columbia Academy, and I'm from Columbia High School. And so a lot of talent in Marion County, Mississippi. Uh, Dion Calhoun will participate a lot. There's a lot of buzz about him as being a good mid-round selection. I've had somebody tell me they would not be the least bit surprised to see him play 10 years in the NFL. Because he is so intelligent, he is so physical, uh, he is so durable, he is so reliable. He's just a guy that understands the game. And so uh, Dion can really benefit from his pro day. Nick Fitzgerald, if you hadn't done so, you can see Nick's out there. Uh, I imagine he'll still take your pledge. It's uh, one of those things for every pass that um, he commits, he completes a pro day, you you make a donation. And uh, Nick is a guy that is open to play other positions. He just wants to continue to play, to, to play football. He wants a chance to play in the NFL. And um, there's been some talk about he's made some really good advancements with the passing game uh, working in Fort Lauderdale with this quarterback's coach. And so Nick is a guy I'm eager to see. I'm eager to see him and see how he has developed and see him throw in front of the scouts. And, uh, you know, he's got a big arm. I think it was kind of underutilized at times. And uh, it's difficult to – and I sit on the show back to football season. You know, you go out there and you run and run somebody over – and you lower that throwing shoulder, and you got to go, uh, you know, kind of extricate yourself from the pile, and then go throw a pass with some touch. It takes a special guy to do that. And so, uh, Nick is a guy that'll end up on a roster somewhere. I have no doubt. Uh, Gary Green will participate. He's another guy that could really benefit uh, from a good pro day. A lot of people. There's a lot of buzz about Gary too. A lot of people we talk to say, you know what, he's he's a guy that'll be a good value pick for somebody because of the fact number one, extremely intelligent explosive player has really kind of found a home and that's one of the things that stayed we moved him around so much we finally finally got him situated uh grant harris will participate you know grant's a guy that i expect to probably be an underdirected free agent but uh you know when he was put in the game the last couple of years he flashed he and braxton hoyett both and braxton hoyett's a guy that you, you look at him and you say okay this is a guy that uh, is difficult to move but he's a lot quicker than you would anticipate him be. He is very quick off the ball. And so, uh, again, I expect him to go to camp with somebody. Jesse Jackson will be there. You know, I, sometimes I wonder with Jesse. You know, he had that injury early in his career, and he had that big spring uh, after his redshirt freshman year and uh, really expected some big things for him. And I was happy to see him have some success the last couple of years. Uh, but he is another one of those guys. Jesse Jackson, I won't bet against him in life because when football's over – uh, he is the kind of guy that uh, that you hire to go represent yourself in, in your business. He's the guy you hire uh, because he is so competitive, and he's already proven that uh, he can deal with some adversity. People forget he was our leading receiver as a junior, and it was a very difficult year because we had so many injuries. But uh, Jesse really stepped up and became a you know a big time player for Mississippi State at times. Uh, we don't beat Arkansas without him. Texas A&M either. Elton Jenkins, you know what to expect from Elton. Uh, you know, there's going to be so many people here to see this thing. I think Elton's a guy that I don't think there's anything to really learn about him. I think it's just a matter of just kind of confirming what you already think. It's amazing how far he's come. He was Mississippi State's best offensive lineman in many respects as a sophomore. 
you know, people forget he's played up and down the line. He's played left guard, right guard, pardon me, left tackle, right tackle, left guard, played some at center. And uh, that's where we expect him to go. And John Hevesy said that, you know, let's move you to center. That's where your future is. And um, it took him a year, but, uh, hey, he was dominant for sure. Justin Johnson, uh, he'll work out. And uh, you remember Justin Johnson, people said he was an X receiver. Uh, he is a good pass-catching guy that kind of had to learn to block on the fly. But with the spread offense, uh, he's a guy that's very intriguing. Uh, Dontavian Lee, one of the best running backs in the state coming out of uh, Forest County AHS, led them uh, to some big things in high school. And uh, never really, you know, he was such a good between-the-tackles runner as a, as a redshirt freshman. We really thought he would get more carries. But uh, just a guy that – a good value guy and a good teammate, a guy that stuck it out, and I thought he would have transferred long ago, but he didn't. Uh, Mark McLaurin's another guy that uh, put some good things on tape. Coverage is kind of the thing with him. He's really good walking down in the box, really good in run support, smart guy. Coverage is going to be the thing. That's the thing he's going to have to demonstrate that he's uh, he's capable of defending the deep third. Jamal Peters, so we kind of know what Jamal's going to do. I'm eager to see if he runs the 40 tomorrow because, you know, he didn't have a good 40 at the combine. Uh, scratch in his final attempt said that uh, he was injured. So it'll be interesting to see what he does, Mississippi State. Chris Rayford is a guy that Trump Buckley has told me that he will sign somewhere as an undrafted free agent and stay in the league for 10 years because he is willing to play special teams to go in there and blow people up. And you all have seen it. I don't know if they keep a record for this, but if there is a school record for punts downed inside the five-yard line, Chris Rayford holds the record. There's no doubt. He It's insane how good he is at uh, finding the football on the punt and pinning the opponent back deep. There's no telling how much yardage he saved Mississippi State uh, as a gunner on, on the punt coverage team. So uh, I expect Chris to hang on with somebody. I think he'll make a roster. Jeff Simmons, I mentioned that. A lot of people saying now that he's still in the first round, even with the ACL tear. They do think he's going to be a first rounder because of the fact he plays a premium position and he is a premium athlete playing that position. Montez Sweat, if he runs a 40, I'll be surprised. I don't know if he'll ever run a 40-yard dash again the rest of his life after what he did in Indianapolis. There's really no, no need to do it. He can do the drills and kind of show what he's working on. But uh, I'll be surprised if he runs a 40. Uh, Corey Thomas will work out. Corey, you know, big value player. You know, good, long, physical player. Had, you know, had a couple suspensions while at Mississippi State, had some injuries. It would be amazing to think what he would have been had he been healthy the whole time. Uh, but, again, you know, Corey's a guy that worked his way in the starting lineup. And um, and even when he was in there, you know, even when he was there as a reserve or whatever, he, he always gave you good good play. And, and, and that big sack he had against Texas A&M of Kellen Mond, I, I don't know if we win that game without that play because it put A&M behind the chains. They were driving for – you know, a score there to kind of pull even, and, and uh, Corey made a big play. Aris Williams, probably of all the guys that we see tomorrow, he's the guy that I'm most intrigued to see because I think many of the guys have already established themselves as kind of bona fide prospect. I think you kind of know when you run through this list and say, okay, this guy's a draft guy, this guy's a second-day guy, this guy's an undrafted free agent. Aris is one of those guys I think people are on the fence about and uh, because he is really kind of a one-cut runner, a guy that runs well behind his pads not real elusive, and I don't think he's ever been built for that. I think he's a guy that – you can go back and watch the Egg Bowl. There were times that he could have avoided contact, but uh, instead he lowered his shoulder and kind of barreled over people. And uh, those punishing runs pay dividends later in ball games. And that's when he was at West Point, that's what he did. He just absolutely beat you up. You know, Chris Chambliss and him give him the ball 25, 30 times a game, and 
And next thing you know, by the end of the ball game, everybody on your team is asking for the trainer. I mean, just a very bruising physical runner. I think he can be a really good NFL back, but it's going to be about systems. And so watching him tomorrow, I'm eager to see how he performs. And uh, Donald Gray will be back. Sometimes we have uh, former players come back and work out again. Uh, Donald actually had some talks with the AAF, uh, did not uh, make a team, but is going to get out there and kind of try again. You know, he uh, he he was far from 100% at the end of his senior year and uh, probably did not get the full benefit of the pro day uh, following that senior year. So now he's healthy again, going to give it another shot, and uh, we'll see how things go from there. Uh, that's a big part of things, just kind of making yourself available and getting back out there and getting evaluated because you never know. Guys like him, if they give them an opportunity to, to be an undrafted free agent, once he gets out there and gets on level playing field, he's a guy that can do some big things for you. So that's kind of where we are right now. Spring practice, we, uh, we had that. We've got a couple of stories up on the site right now you can go check out. Uh, Paul posts a uh, daily depth chart. That's up for your perusal. Uh, as well as a Bulldog Spring notebook from David Murray. Both of those are free on the site right now. Uh, probably uh, probably should have made uh, a couple of those premium, but uh, but it is what it is. And so we will be back out there on Thursday. That's one of the things. There's so much going on right now, and I'm so glad we have an army of folks to cover it all because uh, Robbie Falk is, will be leaving out today, headed to Portland, Oregon, to cover the women in the uh, Sweet 16 and Elite 8 game, hopefully out there in Portland, Oregon, and uh, we're all excited to watch that. And uh, so Robbie will be there. We'll have full coverage of that. And then uh, Paul is pretty much handling the football side of things now. So Paul's going to go to football. We'll have football, I guess, Thursday and Saturday. Uh, And then uh, baseball Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that'll be Dave Murray and I. So Dave will kind of do double duty between football and baseball. So we're going to have everything covered. And then next weekend, this is the plan as of right now, uh, Paul and David, again, will have uh, football. And then uh, Robbie, assuming we win, and that's a big assumption. I know people right now are knocking on wood. Let me do it for you. Knock on wood. If we are still playing women's basketball, Robbie will be in Tampa, Florida to cover the Final Four. I will be in Knoxville, Tennessee uh, to cover the baseball team. So we, so nobody else is going to have full coverage of the Bulldogs like we're going to have it. And so uh, we encourage you to come by give us a shot. You should be a VIP subscriber so we can answer your questions on that good stuff and spend some time with you. Uh, but if not, go by and check us out. We make most of our team content free, and uh, we'll do that. So we'll have everything covered for you because nobody covers Mississippi State like we do. Uh, we've been around. We, we feel it just like you guys do. We win, lose, whatever. It's not just a job to us. We understand how important these things are, and uh, we kind of cover them as such. Everything's a big deal to us. And so – Excited to, to be able to bring you this level of coverage. And uh, a lot of recruiting stuff going on. There will be a lot of recruits on campus here as uh, we get a little closer to Super Bulldog weekend. And, and we had a good kind of a fire drill last weekend to kind of kind of address rehearsal to prepare us uh, for uh, you know, Super Bulldog weekend. That will be here before you know it. And uh, a lot of big things going on. A lot of big things going on with your, with your athletics program. And so we encourage you to get to start with as often as you can. I want to remind you guys, too, because – some of this continues to be an issue. Have a good idea of where you're going, okay? I have people all the time that say, hey, Steve, tell me about baseball. Can I go up there and buy tickets to the grandstand from the press box? The answer to that question is no. Now, on Tuesdays, they the university will put some stuff up online. On Tuesday, available to Bulldog Club 
members. And then what's left is put up to, for sale to the general public on Wednesday. So you can check that to the ticket office. Okay? So if you're looking for tickets for this weekend and you want to be sure you get them, you want know, face value, whatever, check with the ticket office on Wednesday uh, if you're a general public person. There, there may not be anything available because the grandstand tickets are sold out, but sometimes people will will not be around and they'll make the tickets available again for the university to, to sell them again. Or you can check third-party vendors. But if you walk up to the, uh, the ticket office on game day, you're not going to be able – you're not going to have a seat. Okay? And uh, – Listen, that's one thing that I personally I think is a bit of a problem, and uh, I don't I don't know quite how to fix it yet. And it's part of me I, I understand the marketing behind it is you know what well, maybe next year we'll buy one. But there are I know there are a lot of single game serving families and guys that can't get here very often. And uh, I have those people message me and they ask questions, and so people show up. I don't want anybody to be disappointed when they get to the Noble Field. So let me encourage you secure some tickets ahead of time. Get here early. You might have to walk, okay? You might not have that parking pass, okay, that other people have. And and there's their convenience is worth paying for, okay? But I know there are a lot of people out there that maybe you can't afford to buy season tickets. Maybe you can't make that commitment. And maybe it's maybe coming to a ball game. There's a lot of people now that are coming back to Duty Noble Field that haven't been in years because of the new stadium. And so I don't want anybody to come and go and leave disappointed. It, it is an unbelievable experience. But they've got those great berms along the left field and right field lines. You need to be there early. If you want to secure a spot on the berm, you need to come early. Okay? Understand that right out of the gate. You're not going to be able to show up 10 minutes before the game, park across the street, walk in there, and just go plop down in the berm. There's not going to be any room. It's just as simple as that. And I know a lot of people that, that sit out there in the berms and they tell me what a great community it is and how so much so much fun uh, to enjoy the ball game. But there is a lot of standing out there. There's also those chair rails along the, the outfield walls, and you can stand there. Uh, and if you've got small kids, you know, listen, it's difficult, okay? It's difficult when you've got a standing-room-only ticket and you've got small kids. Uh, I do know on midweek games, uh, after a couple of innings, they kind of stop checking. And so if you kind of want to cycle back around and see if there's some seats available in the grandstand, nobody's really going to trip out about that, okay? But uh, it's a little different during SEC weekends. And so some traveling tips for you right there. But uh, it's not like it was years ago where we had those general admission bleachers down the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? Like when you got outside the grandstand, it was kind of a first-come, first-served type deal. Well, Well, those seats are no longer there. That's kind of what the berms are replacing. And so I'm not being negative about the university, but I just want to convey a realistic expectation uh, for a lot of our fans because I think some people are thinking that they're just going to show up and it's going to be like it always was years ago. Well, that's just not the case. And so uh, we're moving forward. There's going to be some growing pains from time to time, but the bottom line is this, is in order for us to be the baseball program we, we hope to be, we've got to make some difficult decisions. Uh, and that, that includes, you know, charging a premium price for those grandstand tickets so all that said it's going to be a great weekend of baseball you need to come out there and be a part of that if you're if you're within a reasonable driving distance come on out the weather should be great and then uh friday and hopefully sunday we're going to play some very memorable women's basketball games there's so many people out there that are that are disrespecting our ladies and uh the more games we win 
the more they've got to respect us. And uh, when I think about Tierra McCowan and I think about how nobody can really match up with her, nobody really has what she has from a skill set point of view, if they let her play, and I mean they be the officials, if they let her play, I don't know that anybody can beat Mississippi State. I just don't. I think we can. I think Notre Dame's the only one that really scares me because they're a little different, and I think they also hold a little mental edge over us. But uh, a lot, a lot of hay to cut before we put that stuff in the barn. Uh, so we'll we'll get ready on Arizona State. So when we're back together on Friday, we will kind of wrap up where we are in baseball, and then we'll prepare for uh, for that women's basketball game Friday night. So that's a big weekend for sure for Mississippi State. And then we hope next weekend is equally as busy. You know what I'm saying? It's like we, as busy as it is and as difficult as we decisions we have to make, we want to have to make those same decisions next week because we don't want the ride to stop. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. Thanks so much for your patronage and your support of the Boneyard all these many years. Please continue to, to patronize our sponsors, and uh, we look forward to having some big things for you down the road. Uh, reminder, if you hadn't grabbed your Stark Villain gear, you can do so at StarkVillains.com. Uh, a lot of options to choose from. Every time I wear a Starkville shirt, somebody always says, hey, man, I love that shirt. Where'd you get it? Get one for yourself. And remember, Starkvillains.com is the only place you can get it. So until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.